Hello, welcome to episode 42 of North Point Plus, where Woo! it looks and feels a little different. There's two of us. There's two of us. of us. Doug's not here. Yeah, none of us spoke on <laughs> Sunday. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today's going to be a little different. So uh, if you were here on Sunday, Doug spoke. Doug did great. Yeah. Um, and while Doug did great, there's stuff that we haven't unpacked yet for the church, stuff that you guys specifically experienced that we thought, you know, this is kind of a good time that we're in this kind of low. We're in, but we've kind of paused the Colossians series because Doug was able to speak on Sunday. And so while we're in this intermediate period of not really going through Colossians, we thought, hey, this would be a good time to debrief uh, this pretty substantive trip that you guys took to yeah. Africa. Um, so for those of you that don't know, you guys went to Africa. <laughs> we did. <laughs> did. So surprise. Yeah. Uh, and that was at the end of May, beginning of June, I think. Unless May 27th to June 5. So um, let's assume people are in the dark. Why did you guys did you guys just vacation together in Africa? Is that why you went? Yeah, you a break Jake, the and, Jake and I wanted to get away. <laughs> yeah. The the um, let me just say this: I had planned on uh, kind of incorporating some uh, some stuff about Africa in the message yesterday. My brother in law um, died a week ago, and so I ended up in Cincinnati to do his funeral. Oh, there's the camera. Um, <laughs> I, I was looking in the wrong place, um, and so Doug was able to step in, which was great. And but it meant that I couldn't talk about about our trip, and we talked about it in the elders meeting last week, and thought it would just be really good to give you guys kind of a background. So here's here's the backstory on why we went to um, why why we went to Africa. Uh, when I came uh, in 2015, Jeff Kimmy and I made a trip to Ecuador to look to consider a partnership with Compassion International and Stadia. Uh, Stadia is a church planning group here in the United States um, to, to take a look at um, going to a place where there wasn't a church and that was uh, that was filled with poverty and uh, and help plant a church there help make an impact, and help sponsor kids there. And, um, and so if you were around back then, we did that. We raised uh, about $40,000 to help plant that church, um, sponsored about, in total, uh, 110, 125 kids there in canine in, in Ecuador. Um, that program uh, with Stadia and Compassion um, is on pause right now, and because of some stuff that has happened in Ecuador, we're not able to stay in contact with the church there. Um, Stadia came to us and said, would you be interested in maybe doing the same kind of thing in Kenya, in Africa? And, um, and uh, gave us the possibility of coming in and doing a vision trip like we did to Ecuador, Ecuador in 2015 um, in Kenya. And so we did. I, now, take it from there. Jake, <laughs> <laughs> I think th then we arrived. Like I don't know what the next step would be from that one. Uh, okay, I, I just wanted a break. I felt like I'm talking yeah. too long. We, yeah, well, there are three of us here, but just Rick is talking. Yeah. Um, so uh, talk to the eldership about that, about what that possibility might look like, and um, and made the decision to go ahead and go. Um, the what we. The, the organization that we were um, doing the vision trip with, that we were looking at the partnership with, that we are looking at the partnership with, is called Missions of Hope International. It's in Kenya. You can look it up uh, on the website. Um, Mary and Wallace. Oh, no. I'm going to let you get this. <laughs> I'm going to let you get this. Mary and Wallace. Are good people. They are great people. Yeah. 
so um, Missions of Hope International or MOHI, we'll, we'll, we'll just say MOHI because that's, that's what everybody calls it, um, uh, started in the 1990s and in the early 2000s started to do some expansion. But basically what they've done is gone to the poor sections. They started in the slums of Nairobi. Um, and, and Mary was, was walking in the slums and just said, where's the church in making a difference in this place? And, um, and out of that birth kind of an idea, uh, to, to take these kids who weren't going to school, who didn't have the resources to be able to do that and to create a school for them. Um, flat, fast forward now, a whole bunch of years later, and this kind of cut to the chase, they have, um, 32 uh, 32 schools, about 20 churches, about 25,000 kids in those schools um, in various parts of Nairobi. There's about 12 in or various parts of Kenya. Um, there's about 12 in the slums of Nairobi um, in an area that probably has a million to a million and a half people. Um, wow. Uh, uh, that, that are living in the slums. Nairobi's about four and a half million, and they don't count the people in the slums. They don't, like, census them. Um, they don't count. Yeah, what kind of message does that send? <laughs> yeah. Right? You like, you matter. literally don't count. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, Jeez. So, uh, so 12, 12 schools there, yeah. and then another 20 around the country, and they're making a, a huge difference, and we were really impressed. Yeah. So you spent you spent time there with these organizations. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It's Mohi and Stadia that are partnering yeah. together within that. Yes, um, to plant schools great. and plant churches. Great so. question. Mohi Mohi's focus has really been on education. They they actually have four pillars as they've fleshed out their um, their mission. Really, they have four pillars: okay. education, and that's the schools. Um, spiritual training for the people who are there, and that's the planting of churches. Um, economic. Um, and an economic impact in, in really poor areas. Yeah. And they do micro-enterprise stuff. We can talk more about that. And medical. And yeah. so as a part of their schools, they actually have medical care for the, for the kids who are in the school and for their families. Wow. Uh, and again, in the slums, it's, that's, a, that's something that's not there. Yeah. What they really realized was that there was a big breakdown for them in um in in the church impact they because they had really started focusing on schools um the the church piece was kind of coming alongside stadia's expertise is in planting churches and so the partnership with mohi and stadia has really been to say how can we build churches into the mission into the into the dna of it so that that spiritual piece is really impacted yeah. in, in a great way and um and th they've put together a great plan to help do that that's great so jake i'm wondering if you can provide like a, a mental picture of what these areas look like because i think when people picture slums yeah. in africa you kind of get the mental picture that you can get in movies or in tv shows or, or, or history books or things like that but like what what are the living conditions like in the places that you visited what is that what's that experience for the people that are living there yeah so from uh just my own personal experience i've done missions work in the dominican republic in poverty-stricken areas uh, i've done missions work in china in poverty-stricken areas um in hong kong and seeing all of those kinds of things um this was similar but very different in a lot of ways so uh, in nairobi itself when they're in the slums they're literally going down to uh, economically the poorest of the poor 
I look in the floor of the economy in a lot of ways, um, and, and they're bringing hope. That's why their mission of hope. And, and yeah. to say, uh, you know, in a house, we had the opportunity. We went with uh, what they consider to be social workers and just kind of walked through the slums area. So the school is literally right there in the slums. So you walk out the door, you go yeah. across the street, and boom, there you are. This is a neighborhood. Um, they are uh, little metal. Um, what kind of metal is that? Tin. Tin. Yeah, just like tin houses that are a part of it. And if you were to walk in to one of these, which we had the opportunity to meet a family and walk in in our different groups, and they were probably uh, 10 foot long, maybe, um, bed on left, bed on right, and then about a foot aisle between the two of them mm-hmm. that you could be a part of, and then it had like a little burner for where you could cook on, clothes and everything else would hang up above you, wow. um, and in that area, so you're talking maybe a, a, a 10 foot room by about a 7 foot room or so. Uh, give or take. And that's the house. That's the house. That's the house, yeah. That yeah. you've got five, six, seven people living in. Wow. And so, like, when I first saw that and looked at the community, I thought, man, they've got a really large homeless community around here. Yeah. And then we're talking with people in the organization, and they pay rent to, to live, live in there. The 10 by 7. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they pay they rent pay to rent. live there. And then to use the bathroom, there's a community bathroom that you would walk out and you would pay equivalent of like a quarter or so to be able to use. That this wow. entire thing, that thousand people. Oh, probably more than that. More than that, yeah. Yeah. Would share this one bathroom that it's like going to, uh, you know, you go to like the parks, you go to like Riverfront Park down here in DeWitt, it's got that little bathroom area. Yeah. That's right there. It's like that. That's the bathroom kind of thing. And you have to pay to be able to use that. And then outside of all the houses are people that are uh, maybe trying to sell food, trying to sell some goods and these little makeshift shops that they've kind of put up and things like that. Um, So like economically, um, it is heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. What's yeah. amazing, though, um, the love and pride that they have in their neighborhood, in their community. So, like, uh, it's not uncommon in America for us not to know all of our neighbors or even a neighbor at times, right? Yeah. right. Uh, and that's not that's not this. They are all in this together. We heard stories of people that would pull their money together and they would say, hey, cool, um, all of our money combined, we're going to do this every day. On Tuesday, your family, Mark, you get to buy groceries. Mm. Thursday, Rick's going to buy groceries. Saturday, I'm going to buy groceries. And we're just, our families are just going to pull it together mm. and we're just going to take care of yeah. one another. So while uh, <laughs> the means were low, the compassion, the heart, the care yeah. in that community, and that's their community, was incredibly high. Yeah. And then to see Mohi come in and be a part of that, like the amount of pride that they had yeah. for people coming in and saying, we want to love and care and provide for and help your children, yeah. help them in their health, yeah. uh, help them in their education, help them in their spiritual walk, like all of these things that could be there. Um, And then we'll get into this, but what was even amazing is they go to the next level uh, by providing opportunities to make money. Yeah. Uh, Not just handouts, but providing the opportunities when you put skin in the game, when you put effort in, when you learn a skill, when you do these things that you you can elevate your status. You can get out of that. That was incredible. So that's, I guess that's my, and you can keep going. I want (laughs) to insert this question into it because I think it will feed into what you're talking about because I think my my concern whenever missions organizations come up is there's so many mission organizations that aren't really successful <laughs> in yeah. what they do. You have a lot of people that are very passionate. Which is why we do doing. these trips in some ways, right. Right. to go so find that thing. out. Yeah. Right. It was the, the joke at the beginning was it wasn't a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. an evaluation of, is this a partnership that, that North Point would consider? Uh, but that's my question of, of kind of piggybacking what you're talking about is you've spent time, obviously we know Stadia. We've partnered with right. Stadia before, so we know what, what that organization does, how they do it, how effective they are. Mohi's new for us. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. So what did you see from Mohi that's like, oh, wow, like this is successful? Because when you're in the slums, in Kenya, in the poorest of the poor, it 
maybe I'm cynical, but it's kind of easy to play in an organization and be like, we care about these people, give us yeah. money, and then you don't really, you're not really effective with it. So from what you saw with Mohi, is this an effective organization that we would trust in funding? Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to them, Rick, you can just jump in at sure. any time. But uh, for me, um, and, and I, I love missions, so I've been able to be a part of different things and, and get to know different organizations. This was one of the best I've ever seen and how they do stuff. They've got uh, great systems in place. They've got great foundations in place. They are ni over 95% of the people working within the organization are Kenyan. Uh, really? So this isn't an outside yeah. organization wow. yeah. coming in to help, right? So like yeah. this is people that are Kenyan who started it yeah. that are raising up leaders within there. They have some people outside, like some of sure. our guides and people that were with us to help make international connections. Yep. But they're really about... Kenya and Nairobi and raising up from within yeah. um, and they've got great leadership between Mary and Wallace they are highly uh, high efficient leaders highly yeah. educated they know what they're doing one has a doctorate the other one yeah. uh, will gain uh, Wallace has a doctorate in leadership wow from the US and wow. and Mary's Mary will probably get her doctorate in this next year again wow. in leadership that's yeah. great yeah um, so the um, so as far as like top level everything flows down from leadership that's a great place to be flowing from yeah. Mohi. Like, they're incredible. Um, and then one of the things I think was strongest, and to me was an indicator of saying, oh, yeah, I, I love this organization. We, we want to be a part of this, uh, was they're going into the slums. They're going into places where poverty is a real everyday thing. Yeah. Um, and they're starting a basically what is the equivalent of a private school. And they're telling these families, hey, we want to help your kids. We want to do that. But you have to invest as well. You have to pay. You have to pay to send your kid to school here. Sure. So instead of just being a handout, instead of just coming and doing that, they're trying to partner with families in this. And so um, for some families, it might be $10 a month. For some, it might be five. For some, it might just be a dollar. A dollar a month. To, but Just some investment. Just some, some investment. Some skin in the game. Level of investment. Yeah, and yeah. so then there's the family getting connected into part of this. And to me, that was genius because it's, yeah. it's teaching to fish. So to, to yeah. insert... Put in perspective, how much is rent in some of these homes? Because you say great they pay question. rent. What? How much? Like how much money do yeah. these families sh share per month? Yeah, great question. So the houses that we walked hold, in. Hold on for a second. Don't misunderstand. Nairobi is a city of six million people. Yeah, yeah. it's a major city. Yep. With industry, economic growth. Yep. Work. Is um, lots, lots of wealth. Yep. All of that. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, it's not just the whole city is not run down or anything. Yeah, yeah that's not all a slum. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not third world. No, it's a world city. It's yeah. massive. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is, and they're just going into the slum portion of Nairobi. And so yep. uh, for the places that Mohi is going, yep. the house that we walked into to be able to see, they're paying $15 a month to live there. And that's the bottom of the economy. That's the have to bottom of the economy. You have to pay $15 a month to live in this. Yeah. Uh, what they're doing is, and we'll get into, the, I think, the financing piece, because this was the other part that was just incredible to me, uh, is that families are now working to get to, you know, it was like $35 a month was the next one up. And instead of being metal, it was... Actually, I, uh, I forget what they what the terminology that they use but there was the the next level is a high rise yeah okay where a, a cement block high rise yeah okay so it's a cement block building but you could you could rent a room for about fifty dollars a month okay. and and that room would be uh, essentially a, a little bit bigger than they have but you're off of the bare ground yeah uh, without the tin roof yep 
with hallways and a, a little bit safer, sure. a little bit more um, secure, more secure. Yep. But you, but you may have increased your rent tenfold. Yep. Um, wow. Because I think the family that I stayed with, I think that they were paying five dollars, yeah. and it was, it would go to fifty dollars if they were able to get into yeah. the the rich housing yeah. wow. in the slums. Yeah. And it depends because even in the slums, there was like how close were you to the street versus farther back in versus right. all that as sure. far as that would go. Location. Yeah, so yeah. like that was all still a thing, but yeah. it just blew my mind right away to be like, no, you're actually paying to live in this right now. Like you're that right. is incredible. We would call that homeless. Yeah. We yeah. would absolutely call that homeless and be blown away by that kind of thing. Yeah. But what was beautiful and I think was so great about this organization is Rick mentioned the four pillars. They had uh, your spiritual life, your education, your health, but then some of the economics things. And so yeah. what they recognize over there is to help these families out to do things. They would do things like uh, skills training. So you could get skills training to uh, sew, to be a beautician, to weld, to do a lot of different things. And then on top of that, they would come uh, with microfinancing. And these would be loans that Mohi gives out okay. to either uh, students that have come through the program but maybe aren't going to university yep. um, or for families of students that are anywhere usually between 5 and and $100 or so to help them wow. start a business interest-free in yeah. this loan. And they have a 97% repayment rate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me talk about that because I, th- I just thought that was phenomenal. The, the And the for their micro-enterprise model, um, they will bring together four individuals – that, that essentially create a cohort. All of them have to feed, all of them have to give money to a common pot that they all then independently come up with their own ideas. Hmm. And, um, and then they decide which of the ideas is the best. Hmm. And use that money along with the money that comes in from, from, the, um, from Mohi and will start that business. If the business fails, it impacts those other people and right. they're relationally connected. So that might be my my cousin and my right. brother-in-law and somebody else. So there is a high level of accountability on that, right. which creates that ninety-seven percent. Wow. One of one of the things that I uh, one of the stories I heard that was just incredible was they were working with this lady who um, the kids needed to get in school. She didn't have any income. And, and they said to her, okay, you've got to come up with some kind of idea to, to make some money mm. because you've got, to, you've got to pay something for your kid to go to school. And the lady said, you know, in, in our area, we don't, uh, none of us can afford soap in the grocery. It's, it's too big. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's too large of an amount. She said, if I had $10 and I could buy the size of soap that's available in the grocery, I can then sell that off in pieces to my neighbors hmm. at a level that they can afford and that, that it will be more than that $10. Yeah. And that started a soap business for huh. her in the slums that allowed her then to put her kids in the school. Wow. And uh, the, the other thing that's just really interesting about, about particularly about Nairobi, but in the, in the, um, rural areas where they've started schools as well the if you think about as a parent your kids growing up with no hope you know that they're they're growing up to live and die in the in the slums probably yeah and you've got somebody who's going to invest in them with education there man there 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 is such a um interest and and desire for that to happen. Yeah. The people in the slums 
own the school. Like yeah. the Mary and the crew walk through those streets, yeah. and and it's like rock star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because they are so aware of the yeah. difference that's being made in the kids and the families yeah. that are around there. So that was going to be my next question is the, the reputation of the school. It's, I mean, the, the cynical American in me yeah. thinks, you know, it's easy to sell a vision to an American that doesn't live in that right. area. What's the reputation of the school in that area, not just for the families, but for government officials, for the people that approve the schools being planted? Like, what do the people in the area think when a school from Mohi is planted? Go ahead. So I th- one of the things I think is important to recognize about the school system in Kenya is the, how their testing goes around. Yeah. So in the eighth grade, you get a test, and if you are in the top whatever percentage, um, you get to go to high school. So not everybody just automatically gets to go to high school. You have to test into it to do that. And then after high school, if you test in the top such and such percentage, you get to go to university. And that's a fixed number. Yeah. That's not like, oh, yeah, you're pretty smart. You can go. Yeah. It's like you have to be in the top whatever that number is, mm-hmm. you know, 22,000 kids. Wow. In the entire country. Jeez. To yeah. go to high school. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So um, so education is a massive thing. So what do you have in that is a couple of things. One, uh, not everybody who is even in Mohi is going to be successful in that at some point in time, right? Like not everybody's going to get to go to university. They're not going to do those things. Right. That's where this economics, where they have these skills training. Sure. Really comes into play. Yeah. Because it's not, you just got your education. Now you're going back to life. It's you got your education. Now sign up over here. We're going to get you in so that you can have a job so that you can still better. So you can still do stuff. So like that was amazing to me that it's not just taking the best of the best out of a bad situation. How do we, take care of everybody kind of thing. Now, on top of that, uh, what's so great about Mohi is they are performing incredibly, Mm. like better than any of the other school systems in Kenya. They're blowing people away in a lot of this, so much so that their teachers are highly sought after. So if you have on your resume that you taught at Mohi and you sign up and you try to go to the public school system in Kenya, you're hired on the spot. Wow. Like So like it is a thing to where if you teach at Mohi, if you've been a part of Mohi's school system, it's like you are part of the best of the best in doing yeah. this because education is so important. It's so bought in. Yeah. The teachers are there. Like All of what they've put together is just top notch yeah. in there. And they're seeing kids who are going uh, with all these disadvantages that are, are born into this, this just hardship and are coming out of it and doing incredible stuff yeah. because Mohi's put education in them, because they put health into them, because they put Jesus into them, because they've yeah. supported their family who is sewing together the uniforms that they're wearing or cooking the two meals a day that they're right. making wow. at the school. And now there's jobs for their families too. Yeah. So like the like once again, the community aspect part of this is there. But then Mohi is, uh, as a school system itself, killing it they're just blowing it away yeah and they're to the point where like people are asking in other parts of kenya how they got out of nairobi yep. as other people in kenya parts of kenya were saying we need your school hmm. we need your school to be here so wow. like the the differences it makes is one of the poorest regions in in kenya uh be kind of like going to the poorest state in the u.s kind of thing they went to the uh the elders kind of like the the government run that would be in this little like village area um and we're talking about planning a school and they were a little skeptical but the families really wanted this school. They had heard about it. They really wanted it. Sure. So they gave them, and this is in the poorest region of Kenya. They gave them worthless land. Like just gave them land that nobody yeah. wanted. <laughs> now, it, now, the contrast of that is to build a school in Nairobi, it's city land. And so it's sure. to, to buy land to build a school in Nairobi is going to cost millions of dollars. Wow. 
Because it's so they just gave them. They just, just gave, gave them this land. piece of property. Yeah. Literally worthless. Literally worthless land, yeah. but the families wanted it. The elders were skeptical, and they said, fine, take like this worthless land over here. <laughs> Mohi comes in. They build a school on this land that literally has no value, can't be sold. Yeah. And within five years, the areas around it, because businesses and families moved into that area, was yeah. selling for like $30,000 an acre in five years. Jeez. Because of the presence of the school. Yeah. I, I ask, um, when we went to visit one of the schools that was in a rural area, I said, okay, what's the economic impact that comes from yeah. putting a school in, in there? And, um, and that's where we uh, heard that story about, about the um, value of the land. Yeah. But when the school goes in, um, it doesn't just impact the kids. There are people who they hire from the community as teachers that maybe mm -hmm. had training, but there just wasn't an opportunity yeah. for. Um, they hire people to help take care of the property, people to help um, make the food, people to help sew the uniforms for the kids. Mm -hmm. So there is, there is um, an, an economic impact that comes that transforms the community as well. And again, from a, from a, from a leader standpoint, from a, you know, from a pastor standpoint, when you come in and you're planning a church and it's, and the power of the gospel is being lived out in, in meeting the actual physical needs of people. Yeah. The gospel has an incredible amount oh, of yeah, credibility. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And that, that brings me to one of my last questions about, so school is very effective. That's great. What does the church planning partnership look like with that? Is the church a part of the school? Is the church separated, but involved with the school? Like what, what does the church involvement look like in these schools? Um, the, the, the model that they have is that when they build the school, one of the first buildings that they build is, the, is a space for the church. And so when we went to visit the one school, um, actually, I'm, I'm, my brain's getting turned around. Um, typically what would happen is that there is a part of the school where the church meets. Okay. And so they're integrated. Um, the The process with Stadia has really helped them refine their model okay. because when they come in and, and build a school and plant a church, the church planner has to have a mindset to, to work hand in hand with the school or they just miss a tremendous opportunity. Mm. If they just try and plant a church like they would um, if they were just going it alone, right. um, they don't have any of the benefit that comes that with the school being planted there as well. Sure. And so um, uh, one of the schools that we went to, they said that that particular school probably had the best model. And, the, and essentially the, the principal of the school, the, the school administrator and the pastor were working together mm. hand in hand. And the impact that it was making was, was just astronomical because they were, yeah. they were uh, a team. And that's their, that's their goal. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, there are some churches there in like uh, Nairobi Chapel and some others that are just well-known churches um, in Kenya and, and really globally in sure. some ways. And uh, that's where a lot of these pastors are coming from, is they're coming, they're getting trained up in these uh, churches that have great systems, that have great uh, gospel understanding, all of this stuff, and then they're going out into these areas to partner as well. So they've got a, a plant or, or a good system in place to be able to get pastors to come from. They've got actually yeah. got systems of where yeah. to get teachers to come from. They've got all of these systems that they've thought out. Their goal is by 2030 to be uh, 100 churches, 100 schools, and 100,000 kids. 
Um, and so like, the, and in that's eight a, years. So yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the opportunity for us to yeah. be involved in helping plant the, plant the, um, school. Yeah. Yeah. Church. And that's, that's where I was going next is so for us, so clearly you guys had a overwhelming experience yeah. right. taking all this information in. Mohi is an incredible organization. Stadia we know is an incredible organization. We partnered with them before. What does this mean for us? It's not to say that after this podcast we we have the clear yeah. direction that we're moving forward with, but what what was the takeaway for you guys for North Point? What is what does that look like here? Yeah, we um this is if you're watching, you're getting it um firsthand, yeah. really. The um our hope um in order to help plan a school, would need to be in for fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money for us right now. With total per year, what's that look like? That's to just get started. Okay, and and, and that would allow us to have a stake in the game. Okay, um, it's really a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to 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 plant to do everything that's needed for that. Sure. Um, I think what we'll probably do is do a part two of this podcast later to talk more about this as we get farther. Yeah. But but to just kind of set the stage, our Christmas offering this year is going to be to help plant a, a school in a church yeah. in, in Kenya with Mohi and Stadia. So our goal will be $50,000 this, uh, this Christmas, hmm. and then we'll probably do some things to maybe <laughs> see what we can do yeah. to raise additional money to help do that. Yeah, as well. And, and just to clarify that involvement, that's not just involvement generally with Mohi. That's for a specific school. Yeah, yeah. We actually, um, as we were, uh, as we were there. So there are schools in the slums of Nairobi, but then yep. schools in other poor places that really are third world, yeah. um, in other parts of Kenya. We were able to go to a place that's down in the southern part of the country near the Indian Ocean, and look at um, two fields mm. that they want to buy that are two side-by-side six-acre fields that mm. would allow them to do, rather than going up, to do multiple buildings and to add a grade a year wow. as the kids get older. Yeah. Um, that, that obviously is more money, but that would allow us to help that get started. Okay. And, um, and we were there, met the pastor there, and the pastor's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Dan was amazing to me. So we're sitting here, and and here's the land that they're they're looking at, that their negotiations are talking about. All this this farmland that's out there, um, and what feels a little bit like the middle of nowhere for us. Um, and so we're asking him questions, and we're like, Pastor Dan, are there any people around here? And he's like, Well, you have to realize the closest school is actually like 12 kilometers away. So if kids go to school, it's quite a walk for him. Sure. Some kids will go and they'll walk 12 kilometers on Sunday night, stay with family be at school, walk the 12 on Friday to come home and be with their family on the weekend because they want that education. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's where they're like, so this is a pretty good spot for that. And we're like, okay, well, where are the families? Where is this or that? And we actually went and met a family uh, that felt like they were living on like a little compound thing. And it was kind of a little bit of extended family or whatever. And we got to talk to them and uh, they set us in these chairs and we're, you know, going through an interpreter and all that. And it was like, we would talk, I would look back and there was more kids. <laughs> they would talk. I would look back and there was more, I look over and there's 50 kids at one point in time wow. that they just wanted to come see and be a part of us. And, and two things on top of that, that I think are really important. Number one, that was humbling for us yeah. because we're like, who are we? We're not even bringing anything, but you've wanted us to come and meet this family. Like we feel a little foolish here. Yeah. And, and they said, no, 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 you have to understand uh, you're an international guest that's coming in that when we tell them schools are coming, church is coming, healthcare is coming, economics are going to improve, it's, life mm. is going to get better, and we're trying to give them that hope when you come, yeah. they believe us more. 
Like yeah. there's hope in that. Yeah. And so we, we, they said, for instance, hey, go talk to that little boy and ask him what he wants to be when he gets older. And so we were asking him and all that. And, uh, you know, a lot of what's around that area was fishing. Um, so you're thinking that, and most people would have said fishermen or sure. that kind of thing. And we ask him and he says, uh, I want to be a surveyor. <laughs> we're like, do you guys have like a surveying school that you haven't told us about? And they're like, no, we had another trip where somebody came down and uh, one of the guys that was a part of the trip was talking with this little boy and the little boy asked him what he does. And the man said that he was a surveyor and now this little boy wants to grow up and be like him. Mm. And there's hope in that. Yeah. If, Not, if you can imagine a family that has lived their life with the belief that they don't matter. Yeah. Li- literally. Yeah, you're nobody, not nobody cares about them. They don't matter. Mm-hmm. And and what they said to us was, your presence here says to this family, we matter. Mm. They, these people came from another part of the world to see us. Yeah. We yeah. we matter, which was which was incredibly cool, yeah. um, because um, one of the things one of the values for us one of the things that we had hoped with Ecuador that that just is not happening right now is to be able to have a continued relationship with the church that we help plant and right. kids that we sponsor. Um, and and Mohi thrives on continued um, interaction with with the churches in the U.S. that yeah. may help do that. They want us to come. Mm-hmm. They want us to come multiple times a year and to bring people for all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that that to me is just really, really appealing. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that's happened with Mohi is it has spawned um, relationships and partnerships with other kind of organizations that have said, oh, man, there's this tremendous need for, um, for fire safety and fire training mm-hmm. in Nairobi, city of six million people, whatever, that had four fire stations. <laughs> um, and so, th- so an organization came out of Mohi called Africa Fire Mission that mm-hmm. that takes firefighters from the U.S., takes them to Kenya to help train them hmm. and, and prepare them for um, for both fire prevention and f- fire treatment kind of stuff. So yeah. um, so as we look forward, there's there are two things really that that we're moving towards. One is Christmas offering um, that would that will our goal will be to raise fifty thousand dollars or more to help that. Yeah. And then we'll do a child sponsorship program um, where we'll invite uh, families to have an opportunity to sponsor a kid in Kenya mm. for $38 a month, which is, uh, that's the same amount that we've done with compassion. Yeah. And, and we'll do that in addition to, you know, the kids that we are currently sponsored with compassion. Mm. So, and to kind of piggyback a little bit, that area that we're talking about that they want to plant this church and school in, in kind of this uh, more rural area, um, we would have the opportunity as churches we partner along throughout the years we do child sponsorship those would be those kids yeah and so when you would take a trip down yeah, it would so be to see those kids yeah yeah at school that yeah. you could visit in that yeah. community all of those things wow um, and to speak one more time to the spiritual aspect uh, we talk, we mentioned a guy named Pastor Dan there, and Pastor Dan, uh, he's my personal hero now after meeting him. Um, I want to be like Pastor Dan. So uh, what he does is uh, he walks about 12 kilometers a day to build the church. Um, because they don't have a place that they're meeting, he goes to one house, connects with the family there, talks to them about Jesus and the Bible, the gospel, and they kind of walk to the next house about another kilometer away. 
They then stop at that house. They go home. He picks up another family and he does it again. <laughs> about 12 times a day, about 12 kilometers a day that he's walking and having these conversations with these The gospel families. on the go. <laughs> Which is kind of what Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, yeah. uh, our intelligent group uh, is feeling this. And so somebody asked him the question. They said, Pastor Dan, like, how can we pray for you, man? What can we do yeah. for you? What can we pray for you? And this is like prime opportunity for Pastor Dan to say, pray that the funding would come through for the school or church, right? Like that's what Jake would do. Or lazy Jake would say, uh, pray for transportation, a vehicle, so I can drive from house to house and not have to walk all day. There are other pastors that I can delegate. Yes, pray for a staff. (laughs) And and Pastor Dan stops and really thinks for a second here, right? And so this is what I'm gearing up to hear from Pastor Dan. And instead of that, he looks at all of us and he says, what I really need you to pray for is that more of the Spirit of God would be upon me as I try to do His work. Oh, my gosh. And at that point in time, not only did he become my hero, but I realized what a terrible pastor I am in the presence of Pastor Dan. Yeah. Because he is building his church. He is doing ministry. He is loving on people. He is making a difference. He's furthering the gospel and helping people move towards a life fully devoted to Jesus. Hmm. And it by whatever means necessary, whatever he's got to do to be able to do it. And if yeah. that means he doesn't have a building for however long, he doesn't have a building to meet in, he's going to walk house to house and do it joyfully. And he wants you to pray for more of the spirit. Ah, hmm. oh, Pastor Dan. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So what can, uh, I, want, I want to leave it with this. What can we as a church pray for <laughs> over the coming months? We know Christmas offerings. Yeah. Six months away. That's down the road. In between now and then, what does North Point's involvement look like? Is it prayer? What do we pray for? What do we want to leave people with after this I, podcast? Yeah, I, I, w- I would just say this. Pray about what you can do yeah. um, individually. We may, uh, again, this is probably podcast number two. Um, <laughs> uh, we may have another opportunity for people to, to do some things to help fundraise. Okay. To help us do that, yeah, and um, and so if you've got resources uh, to think about having uh, being able to make a gift of five thousand, ten thousand, fifty thousand dollars to help yeah. that process start, w- w- that would just be incredible. Uh, to pray for Marion Wallace, their leadership, um, and and there are fifteen hundred Kenyan workers in those schools. Hmm. Pray for them to be yeah. sustained and to uh, and for God to empower them to do their jobs, do them well. Um, so, man, there's so much more we could talk yeah. about. Is there? Uh, I'm I'm showing my ignorance of the area. Is there resistance to churches, to Christian churches specifically in that area? That no, would be a concern. Um, uh, one of the questions I asked was uh, essentially that kind of question, and yeah. the, and the Kenyan said they would describe Kenyan uh, Kenya as a Christian nation. Okay. Um. So there, the presence of the, of the gospel is there. Yep. Um. But in uh, in the poor areas, it's, there's just not anything going on. Yeah. And there is clearly the threat. If you look at the map of where Kenya is, it's close to Somalia. Um, close to close to places where bad things are happening, yeah. and with kids in particular, um, mm. there there is a um, focus on uh, on training and developing girls for sex industry and um, taking boys and acclimating them into into the terrorism mm. business, and so mm. there's there's spiritual warfare 
lots of stuff going on there. Yeah. So the need for a school specifically is massive. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, Mohi is actually was contacted and is reaching into areas that are um, highly Islamic. Yeah. Because they want a part of that education system. Sure. To be a part for their kids. These these areas these, reached out. These to areas them. are reaching out to Mohi. Huh. Recognizing they're a Christian organization, yeah, and saying, "Hey, to have would a Christian you school in there. Bring community. a Christian school huh. because your education is and a so church. well." And, and a church, a church. Yeah. wow, yeah. So, like, they've been contacted by Islamic leaders in some of these regions and are working on that yeah. process right now. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, so cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing all of part two is coming soon. That's that's so cool. Yeah, that, now I have to process all of this information. Um, yeah, so. Continue to pray. Uh, pray for Mohi, Mission of Hope. Pray for Stadia. Pray for the schools, the churches down there. Um, pray for North Point. <laughs> yeah. Pray on your own end of what God would be leading you to do. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll keep talking about this as yep. time goes on. This isn't this isn't the end. So we'll keep talking. So thanks thanks you guys for your time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into a, a slightly thanks. different North Point Plus. Um, do all the good social media stuff. Share the video. Like the Tell video. Tell people comment. about this one. Yes. Yeah. Specifically share this one because yeah, if there is that one person that I mean. There's someone out there that has the ability to write a fifty thousand dollar check, right? Yeah. Um, and if that one Maybe person, more than one, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> <laughs> and if that one person or two families or three families can see this, and the Holy Spirit can use this to show a need in the world that is effective, that isn't just another mis- mission organization asking for money that's going to throw it towards staffing funding and things like right. that. Like this is money that meets a real need that gets kids out of terrorism, right. the sex industry, and gets people to meet. Jesus in a really powerful way, man. I can't. Gosh, I can't think of a better <laughs> a better cause for money. Um, so yeah, be praying about that. Share this with people that you think would be interested. Just share it on social media. That would be a huge help. Um, yeah, and that's all I got. Cool. So <laughs> we'll see you next week.